Welcome to Mosh Pet. I'm Ellie Kumar and I'm with Cy Beckwith. Hello. And today we're looking at Cy's top three metal songs. So take it away. So I've not done mine in any order. And the thing I found with this is you feel really judged. Like, albeit it's really fun picking songs, it's like trying to make sure you're not just picking ones that are going to make you look cool. Oh, and yes. I went all in. I think I've been really honest and open with mine. I've not picked any just for like aesthetic reasons or to go, look, I'm dead cool. I like the best bands. So my first one, though, that said is uh, Black Sabbath, War Pigs. Okay. I mean, so you're already going in with the, yeah, I'm cool. I like Black Sabbath. Aye, but I feel like it's one of the bands that got me into a lot of other stuff. And they are iconic. And this song is iconic and used in loads of stuff as well. And a lot of people would know it if you listen to this and you feel like you don't know it, you will have heard it. Definitely will have. But to me, it's such an important song. But also, it's banging listen. It is. It's so good. And when I, you, sent, you sent me your list of yeah. songs, I was like, yes. Because not to kind of jump the gun on what your other songs are. I didn't really know the other two that, very, that well. But this one I knew. And I was like, yes, this is great. I mean, it, it's maybe not my favourite Black Sabbath song, but... What would you have picked then? I think... Paranoid is my favourite. It's really good. Like, when that kicks in, yeah. just the intro to that is phenomenal. And that was the first one I remember hearing on one of my dad's, like, drive-time alternative rock compilation yeah. CDs. Because every now and again, you'd get an absolute banger on those. And Paranoid is very good. And it's on this album. It's the same, the same album, album, is it? Yeah. And because the first album's great, the second album's phenomenal as well. And it's just, it's very, very, very good. Like, they're a great band. Listen to them musically as well. I think that's why, I mean, there are so many Black Sabbath songs you could have picked that I, I, I would call them crunchy because you just kind of feel, oh, it's when a great you hear description. it. That's how I would look. And I think, I think Warpigs exactly fits that as well. It does. I now only want you to describe metal songs in terms of descriptive words that you would also use for breakfast cereal. Nice. So smooth, crunchy. Weedy. Fibrous. Fibrous is good. Which Right, so there's a question. Which metal band or alternative band, will open it up the spectrum, would you describe as fibrous? I think, actually, you called it back to your last episode, Rise Against, because the vegan aren't, I reckon they eat a lot of fibre. Oh, they'll, yeah, they'll be into the lentils. Is, is there fibre in lentils? Yeah. There must be, yeah. Aye, I, there will be. Keeps you regular. It does. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to make a sticker, right? And I'm going to go and put it on all of Rise Against albums in HMV. And it'll just say, keeps you regular, and I'll attribute the quote to Mosh Pet. Of course. Sorted, done. I love that you think that... HMV still has CDs in it. Is, is it, it not? Is it not just a warehouse for old t-shirts now? It's got a lot of t-shirts. It's got a lot of toys, comics, and upstairs, vinyl now, so it sells vinyl, where you can just get it cheaper online. Sorry, HMV. Uh, well, they've got some bargains if you scout about properly. I like HMV a lot. They also now have live bands on sometimes. That's in the upstairs. I I think this shows that I just... I've not been in a town for about two years. Do you not go to HMV in town? No. I, it's I good shopping that. Like, I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to big it up now because I may get some freebies. HMV is absolutely brilliant and an awesome shop. But I go in a lot with the band because she's really into K-pop and they sell loads of K-pop stuff and they've got a good comic book section. They sell lots of toys at the back, which I always go and look at. T-shirts are good. They've got a massive T-shirt selection, like you say. Because for me, HMV was when I was 16 and when we went into town, we went to Claire's Accessories, Millie's Cookies, HMV and bought, if you'd saved up, 
you could buy an album that was nine ninety nine or two for ten pounds. That was the best. Oh, the two for ten pounds was good. Yeah. Yeah, we used to go from college quite a lot. I'd buy a lot from there, but we also had a Virgin mega store, which was also equally brilliant. But yeah, HMV, I think, still sells CDs. I'm fairly certain. I'll tell you what HMV does really cheap for metal fans as well is books. So I bought for Rebecca a couple of Christmases ago Andrew O'Neill's book, History of Heavy Metal. Yes. And I bought that off from Amazon and then went into HMV and it was there for like half the price. So I just bought myself a copy. Nice. Which is a great book, by the way. It's a great book, but they've got loads. I've got a hardback uh, heavy metal book from HMV for Rebecca for Christmas, which was awesome. I mean, if she's, if she's listening, she's going to know that you're buying all her presents Oh, no, these are, these are... Oh, she knows. That's why she gets loads. Like, I, I will categorically say I'm dead good at shopping and finding bargains. And it comes from growing up in heaven and going to cardboard sales a lot with my dad. Which is where I discovered a love of sort of uh, tie it back to the podcast. I feel like we're just now a HMV podcast. I was gonna say if you yeah, that was a very good tie back into what we were talking about. Believe the phrase I is <laughs> clutching at straws. <laughs> um, but yeah, we used to go cardboard tools a lot. I remember my dad had because my dad was really into Thin Lizzy, which again, in terms of linking it back to Sabbath, have that sort of bluesy influence. And but my dad sold all his vinyl records at a cardboard tail. And I was fuming because I would have listened to all them. He had Sabbath albums and stuff like that. And I like about Sabbath, the same reason I love Thin Lizzy, is the sort of bluesy element that comes through with it. Yes. Which, as well, because it's it's not so old. I was going to say, it's so old. But it's not. It's just, it's it sort of predates the kind of stylized metal yeah. thing. It's, it's just blokes wearing T-shirts and jeans who were just playing music and I like that and I, I, I like the la, last time you said that my music was very clean yeah and I would say that like Black Sabbath has that but for a different reason it's it's really it's not basic that's not what I mean there's it's, a heavy metal purity to pure. it pure it's pure yeah that's what yes which is not a descriptive term for a breakfast cereal but I will let slide it is very pure and like when you look to cement your point there is the drummer's called Giza Butler like, that says it all, really, doesn't it? That it's just, like, just blokes, blokes. And because Ozzy Osbourne is now so famous, you sort of forget that he did start in a band and was this because he became, not in a bad way, but an absolute grandiose caricature throughout the 80s and what he was in the 90s and then obviously the Osbournes and things like that, that Ozzy Osbourne is so, so famous but was just at one point a really good front man and a really good band. Yeah, and when you watch old, like, live performances of of Black Sabbath and you you think actually yeah he he is so charismatic as you can see why he was approached to do things like reality TV yeah. and stuff and whatever people might sort of take from that and, and the sort of reality TV aspect of it but at the end of the day like I will still go back and listen to Black Sabbath and just really enjoy it and not necessarily think of it as the guy from that TV show. No, you can't separate it. They are just an awesome, awesome band. But then when you do separate Ozzy Osbourne is, for me, probably the most metal of people. Like, he's just metal, in he? Every story. Every story. It's a bit bat's head off. and Yeah, you could say anything about Ozzy Osbourne and Aguirre. That's probably true. That's definitely true. Are they, is, is that the one where it was the boxes of washing powder that was full of cocaine? Yes. Allegedly. Uh, there's loads of allegedly stuff, but I reckon you could see it. I don't think Ozzy Osbourne is the sort of person who would ever sue you. It's probably because it's true, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I. 
I reckon actually the only time he would is if you were like, I heard, right, I heard allegedly that Ozzy Osbourne once sued someone for saying something about me. I think he'd kick off about that. But you what? I never said that. I don't do with the Birmingham accent. <laughs> That's the other thing as well, that the, from Birmingham. Birmingham to me doesn't sound as an accent like the most like it's not on TV a lot until Peaky Blinders came along yeah. because it's often uh, maligned as an accent but one of the best metal bands of all time for a lot of people would be the best metal band of all time and now because of Peaky Blinders like the Bir- Birmingham's had a big revival but they don't lean into championing enough I think their history in terms of music because there's loads of good bands from the Midlands area well I think you get a lot of the same kind of issues that you have in the northeast, which is why it lends itself to being quite fertile for music because it's a very industrial place there's it's a lot of industry and factories that lead to that, those sort of communities that actually that, that you get metal bands springing up and you get alternative music having a real resurgence i suppose definitely it's working class culture working class culture is so important to what leads to metal or punk or anything alternative and as well i think it's the aesthetic of it so rebecca is really into sort of the art that's built around social housing and concrete art and brutalism and again birmingham in the northeast has a lot of that it's why i reckon there's probably and there is and there's probably more that we wouldn't know about because we're not in that culture but the soviet places would have a lot because they're predominantly concrete again layered in brutalism and have some incredible buildings but that as a backdrop lends itself so well to metal especially in sort of that those societies like we're in in the towns and cities that we grew up i think the backdrop of birmingham lends itself really well the sabbath particularly this song as well yeah and going back to the song i mean we talked before about length of songs and it is it's a longer song but actually at no point when you're listening to it do you feel like oh this is bingo like you f- the whole song needs all seven eight of those minutes and the whole time you're invested in the song well it changes it up there's loads of little just little bits of like little flicks and little changes where there's a lot going on in that song it's really cinematic for me it's used in films a fair bit and i think you can throw that in a film really really easily and you've definitely like people are warned of who are like i'm not sure which exact one that is uh they will know it my favorite memory i've just popped in my head now and i need to tell you my favorite memory of black sabbath right is one time i was on at the stand which is a comedy club in newcastle uh we were all sat in there at seven o'clock when the doors open show starts at half eight so there's only like two couples in as it started filling up. And my mate Ed used to work on the sound desk and he was really into Sabbath because his dad was into Sabbath, really normal bloke, but that was a band that he loved and it was somebody that, that I loved. So he put a bit of Sabbath on for us. And about, about 7.45, there's still only two couples in because people are just having food upstairs. And the manager of the stand had to come down and go, Ed, you need to turn off Black Sabbath because it's been 45 minutes and look at that old couple and we looked out and it was an old couple who just the eyes looked like they were watering they weren't able to deal with that level they just weren't metal Ellie and they weren't able to cope with it but what a sight they tried they tried they sat there they didn't leave I think that deserves props I don't think they had a choice they looked absolutely sick of the lies so it was excellent but Black Sabbath are a band that you can give a chance to I don't think they're alienating and people because it's for older people as well who might write off like metal because it's not what they grew up with like it's fairly accessible for some songs and this is again being used in films and they'll have heard it places the that- sound isn't offensively loud or offensively 
screaming. It's it's really well written music. I would say the same for kind of that whole album. The music is well written. It's interesting, and he's singing, which as we know is is important for me. Yeah, I like a singer. Well, he's got pipes, Aussie. Taken for granted, really good singer. Yeah. Like, imagine him doing, like, other songs. I'd love to watch, like, Ozzy, particularly when he was young and he really had the the pipes on him, watch him do, like, just sing normally, like, sing, like, a soul song or something. Because, again, you can tell they probably had, like, soul influences because the blues stuff's massive, which then needs to soul anyway. Yeah, and, and that's it, is you know he would be able to do that. He has the ability to sing. Well, maybe not now, but, you know, at the time of... War Pigs at the time of Black Sabbath, he would have been able to sing any song because you can tell he's a singer. He's not just sort of relying on the kind of the flourishes and yeah. the the auto tune or the production values to kind of carry him through. Just musically, the very very good Black Sabbath, and one of the most important for me is to set that standard of so much that I like later on, which I'll come to in some of my honourable mentions as well. But for me, like it's not in order. But in terms of what this led to, for me, what it led to generally, this is probably the most important metal song. So song number two for me, I picked... One of my favourite bands of all time, Deftones, My Own Summer, open brackets, shove it, close brackets. So I had heard this, I I know Deftones. Yeah, so I mean, why? Tell me why first, why it's your... Deftones are the band. So when we talked about Lingam Bar before, I got into Deftones when I was 15. And I remember I got this in a collection of secondhand CDs. So my dad's mate used to sell a lot of knockoff cds fell off the back of a lorry always he'd turn up without but every now and again off the back of a lorry was a load of just secondhand cds and i got in loads of like weird punk bands first time i discovered stuff like the me first and the gimme gimmies because i had their first album as just a secondhand one and he had around the fur and i remember listening to that album constantly then white pony for me is possibly top three albums, but it flits in and out. Is It's perfect as an album. It's perfect. And that would be up there as one of my favourite albums of all time. I was tempted to pick a song off that, but I think in terms of the importance of it, I went a little bit further back. Also, it just looks cool, I don't know, because like, you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I like them first. You want to be that sort of person. I really like them first. I liked them before they were cool. Thanks. Yeah, I bet you only like songs like... I bet you only like the singles, whereas I like the album tracks, so... Um, but no, I genuinely do like the um, the album tracks and I like the early stuff. But White Pony is their third album, and that to me is perfect. And it's got Maynard from Toulon, and the songs on there that are phenomenal. But this is really important, and also Chino Marino is really important in terms of the reason I used to wear my pants really low, like people used to back then, was because Chino did it, and I thought that was cool. And me and Rebecca want to get a dog and call it Chino, which is that's a sign of a good band in it. Yes, when I had a there was a boy in my class at school who had a dog called Monkey, but Monkey as in Monkey from Corn. Excellent. But nobody got that, even though, obviously, because you don't really see people's dogs' names written down, so people just thought he'd called his dog Monkey. Oh. And only, there was a, a small group of people who were like, oh, as in, like, the guy from Corn. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And we bonded him and we became friends because 
You would. Cornwall, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to throw this in. Cornwall very underrated. Because they, because of their aesthetic, I don't think of dated as well. But some of their tracks, they popped on a playlist the other day, and they're phenomenal. But they're the similar era, like them I would listen to. Deftones I put up there is absolute, absolute best. But like Corn had some absolute bangers as well. Corn, I found were a bit more hit and miss. Yeah. Because, yeah, some of their songs, I and I, to this day, still really, really enjoy. And then some, I'm just a bit like, mm, yeah, that's... I know what you mean, but there's nothing like that from Deftones. And that's why I picked this song as well. So uh, be quiet and dry far away. That is another one I come closer, but this feels more of a metal song. And it's heavier, and it used to get played on nights out. And it's also a song where me as somebody who became an emo kid, I would go with my friend. So I had a specific memory about this when I was picking the songs, where there was one of my mates, Chris, who had was a white man with red dreadlocks, and used to wear big baggy combat pants, and liked hip-hop and weird stoner rock. But we would both go on a dance floor together to dance to the Deftones, and there was very little else. Yeah. Maybe it's Corn, Corn yeah, would be in the other probably one. probably Corn. But yeah, Deftones for me were a band yeah. that crossed over and allowed, like, didn't matter what my friends like, we could all listen to that band. This song's really accessible. I remember watching, it would get played on a lot of nights out. You can really dance to it. It's heavy. It's just class. And Chino's voice, them as a band, are so interesting and unreal. And he always seemed like a really interesting person. In I say seem, he's not dead, yeah. as far as I know. Seems like a really interesting person in reading kind of interviews and things about him and, and who he is and stuff. It Because it, I think that is important. In I find it quite hard to separate the music from the people. So I always enjoy it when I read an interview with an artist and they seem like a really nice person and they seem like a good person or they seem like they've got like good crack and just... Yeah, he seems sound, doesn't he? Like, yeah. He just seems like a good dude and I feel confident... Touch wood that I will never have to delete the Deftones off a playlist because he's done a horrible thing to a lass. This is the most we can hope for. I mean, that's sad, isn't it? That's it's the most heartbreaking. We can hope like, for in life. Heartbreaking because there's a lot of playlists that have gone, and also you've got to make that. I find it hard to separate art from the artist, and sometimes society doesn't do enough, and you've got to make your own personal judgment. So Motley Crue are an example of a band who I used to listen to loads. But I now just feel like it's a bit tainted. None of them have been locked up for anything particularly. But there's a lot of what they say they like, probably should have been. Yeah. And it's one of those that, I mean, I think we will hopefully look at this like in in more depth later on. We all have bands that we love who then you might think, oh, that's that's not good. And then what do you do? And do you keep going? Do you keep loving them? But yeah, no, Deftones seem... Like Seems they're, sound. They're good and, for now. And then this song's just really, like, I think it's just really good. I think you could put it on a lot of playlists. You could put it on, like, an emo playlist. You could put it on, like, a heavier playlist, and it stands up. And that fusion, you touched on it with Linkin Park, sort of a fusion of rap and metal and heavier stuff. And then they became a really interesting band. Their self-titled album's great later on. And I picked this as sort of a representation of a band who was still doing interesting stuff later on. Again, I put White Pony as just perfection. But there's loads of amazing songs. Stuff like Hexagram later on and Minerva are heavy and good. I don't know those as well. I don't. I haven't really listened to those as much. So it's either a band because he can sing. That's why I feel like you'd really get into them. Yeah, it's definitely more unclean than probably some of the stuff I pick. Like definitely, but it still has that musicianship. If that's a term, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a term. It's not just a load of lads or a load of people 
making a lot of noise for the sake of it. Totally. And they, the good thing with them is they're very musically very, very, very good, but they're not a musos band. I don't like things that's really self-indulgent. Like White Pony, again, I'll come back to that as an album, has almost like a dreamlike feel. It's very, there's bits of it where are really soft. Uh, songs like Pink Maggot are really floaty and like it, it feels like otherworldly. It's very beautiful. Ethereal's the word I'm looking for. And that's great, but they don't feel self-indulgent. Like proper, proper techie, but softer stuff I struggle with. If it's techie and heavy, yeah, all day for that. Yeah. But the sort of techie, uh, muso type stuff, I, I kind of get away with. I need to feel a bit of soul though. While I'm yeah. Listening. I think Deftones have that. Oh, yeah, like there's passion in it. I think that's yeah. the main thing. But you found so, because he's got a singery voice, but it's still quite heavy. Did you st- still feel this is quite fuzzy to what you would normally latch on to? Yes. Yeah. It's definitely not as, yeah, as we've said, sort of clean. But it, and it's, it's probably heavier than the stuff that I, especially at that period, I think I found it a bit intense and it's only sort of later on going back and listening to it more that I can appreciate it more. See, I think I went intense and then went like really fast, heavy bands from there and just kept going again, that punk route and sort of hardcore punk and the hardcore bands that were out off the back of sort of the new metal era. New metal as well, such an interesting era. Because stylistically, we've talked about before, not dated well. No, and it's always laughter, I think. it's Because it's that, I mean, you know, Bowling for Soup laugh at it in in their songs. And it's this like rap metal is... That's rich, though, from them. Do you know what I always think whenever I feel like the world's getting to us? I just think somewhere, right, on this planet, someone's favourite band, favourite, favourite band of all the music is Bowling for Soup. I love Bowling for Soup. Yeah, but it wouldn't be your favourite no, band. They're not my favourite band, but... I've seen them many times live, and it's fun. They're always fun. See my good eggs again. Yeah. Uh, my friend Ash, who I really want to get into interview on this DJ who DJ loads of alternative nights, used to work in a record shop. He once owned Soup signed by Bowling for Soup. Nice. And he also owned a, a condom that was some forty-one branded for the In Too Deep single, which is very, very good. That's a good market. That's good marketing there. Yeah, it's very. That's just you can't argue with that, can you? It's clever. But yeah, Bowling for Soup, it's not my uh, type of thing. No. But someone's favourite band. But they, they do reference that. I think they, the pop-punk era coming out the back of new metal and is I think this crossover there. That's why as well, maybe when I first started listening to sort of heavier music, Deftones was a bit much because I came into rock and alternative music from things like well, for, my parents listened to a lot of things like Queen and Fleetwood Mac and 70s rock. So we always had that on. The guitar-based mm-hmm. music was always where I came to. But I came to kind of alternative music through things like Green Day and Bowling for Soup and Blink-182. So it was more poppy, sing-along, kind of cheerful. So that, and then hearing, say, like, Deftones was like, oh, I don't know, that's heavy. That's That's a bit frightening. But gradually kind of my tastes got heavier well that's where new metal was a good through line because it gave you from ball and for soup you could go to like lincoln park then deftones then tool and then just yeah then wherever you want to go really from tool you can go straight into cradle of filth or something like that you can there's a yeah. leap i mean that's a bigger leap but tool gave you like because maynard's on white pony as well like tool were a band who i came very close to putting on this as well because i think they're phenomenal and 
heavy and or just the right side again of being like a Musos band. Yeah. Because musically they're very good. Uh, yeah, see, I would put Tool more as a kind of technically nerdy sort of... Yeah. It's not quite as passionate, I feel. No, I understand but, that. That's probably why I listen to Deftones more, because yeah. I also need that passion. But I think Chino's voice, again, much like we said with Ozzy, I'd love to hear him sing other stuff to see what his... Like, his voice is just so rich and good, and he can do the screamy bits, but also the really singing bits. Uh, Deftones were always going to be a band I was going to pick, and I found it quite hard to narrow down. Um, but what did you think, then, generally, of this song? Yeah, so it's... And it's a song that I knew mm-hmm. before. And it's sort of one of those songs where... I don't think it's on any of my playlists and I don't, I, I wouldn't have probably thought about it until you said it and I listened to it and I thought, oh, I forgot about this. Like, I remember this. I like this. And so I'll probably now go away and put it on a playlist and put Good. It, and listen to it more. Then I've achieved me goal. So my third and final song, I feel like I've upped the ante a bit with this one. I picked Death Together as One. So I'd never heard this song. Had you heard Death before? Not sort of knowingly, like I probably have and I've read about them Mm -hmm. and I've seen things about them, but actually sitting down and listening and being like, right, I'm going to listen to this band. I'd never done it before. So yeah, this this was totally new. What did you think? I liked it. Like, it probably wouldn't be the sort of thing I would put on. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why you like it. And looking at the the other choices, you can definitely see why it's why it's there and, and where you've got that from. It's probably not something that I would go away and like listen to intently. But Yeah. No, that's interesting. I I think I realised picking the songs and other things that I didn't pick. I like songs, like, I think you like clean, well, like, not always clean because it's still metal and alternative, but quite well-produced, polished songs, whereas I like things that sound like they've been recorded in a bin that is on fire. That would be my production level. I'm quite happy with that. Yes. And, I mean, I suppose that's obviously from the kind of punk side of things. Oh, 100%. Because, like, yeah, I like punk. There's a lot of punk that I really enjoy, and I like the atmosphere of it, but... I will always be a metal fan, like, first. That will be... I like it when a band has gone in and spent a week just tinkering with 30 seconds of a track to make sure it is beautiful and perfect. That may be part of, sort of, the jobs we've got as well, because the job you have as, like, a journalist and doing radio, that you have to make things polished and perfect. Whereas that's why I was drawn to stand-up comedy as an art form, because it does not have to be. And it can be, like, I embrace, you can embrace the chaos, and that's why I do a lot of comparing, because it can go anywhere. There's structure behind it, and you've got to keep to your time and do your job and make sure the laughs are coming thick and fast. But much like sort of the punky element, there's a lot of freewheeling within that. So I think probably the taste in music that you have reflects a lot about how you are. I'm also quite a neurotic person <laughs> and I feel like you haven't actually experienced yet just quite how neurotic I can be but I'm like Monica from Friends I like everything to be organised and regimented so I like music that fits with that it's good it's good to know because I like organisation but I like organisation to have the freedom to do chaotic things whereas I feel like you just like organisation I like a timetable I like things to run to, I like 
I like European trains when everything runs to time. I feel like that was the the first step on a rant that could have led very easily. Yeah. Like, and Mussolini was all right in the end of the day. We won't we won't go too far into. Uh... No, we'll rein in your views for now, Ellie. <laughs> Don't worry. But thankfully, no. This song, uh, so death. I massively got into death more after watching a documentary about uh, Chuck Shoulder now, which was really interesting and seeing what went in it. One of the things I love most about death that comes up a lot in the documentary. Talk a lot about the drummers. Like there was a few different drummers. Uh, the drumming on this is phenomenal, and Human is a album that is one of the more interesting ones. I picked the song specifically from that because uh, of the drummer and because of the way it sounded and because it sounded more interesting. But they're a really, really, really good band, but they are like almost, I think, if you don't like metal, it's an inaccessible band. They're not somebody that would stick on for me father. And yeah, Peter, pop these on after Bloody Genesis. But uh, Chuck Shulden is a really, really interesting man. And that documentary about them is just phenomenal. And Death are a great, great band. But proper heavy. Like, to me, this is just proper. It's death metal and it's heavy. But interesting. There's loads going on. So shall we round it out with my honourable mentions? Yeah, I'm very excited for these. I wrote mainly, so I was thinking bands, because I realised the thing I love most about metal, compared to other genres, is a lot of it is like an album band. There's loads of people who I wanted to suggest, but I couldn't narrow it down to just one song. Death are a great example of like a full album is better than just yes. one of the songs. But there were songs that jumped out straight away, so I wanted Slipknot on. Slipknot were an iconic yeah. band that got me into so much. And I also don't like the way loads of people now are latching on to Slipknot and be like, that was part of my youth. And you're like, no, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. You were never bullied because yeah. you had a Slipknot, not badge, um, patch sewn onto your rucksack at school. That's cool. I had a Slipknot patch. I had, I think it was black and white. And I had that on my bag. I had the I, S. The, yeah. The spiky S. I used to write the S in Simon like that. And I used to sometimes do that on my notebooks. Um, I definitely did that. I don't know, on my French grammar book, I remember, because it had a good cover for drawn on. Uh, and Slipknot were just, like, aesthetically so, so good. But- and Corey Taylor is... I, I mean, I met him at a signing before, and he is a genuinely nice person. And he seems... He really cares about what he does. We were at... A, it was at a festival we were at a signing, and we got we'd queued up and the organizers kept coming out and saying you're not going to get it you know you're not going to get it and he's going to go just go just go away and we didn't and we kind of hung around and he came out and he said look if you're here i'm gonna stay because you've made the effort to like stand where you could have gone to get a drink you could have gone to see another band but you didn't and you're standing here in a field in the rain because you want to say hi so i'm gonna stay i'm gonna wait and he waited until every single person who was there for the Corey Taylor signing had got to meet him and shook his hand, which That's I, great. I think is a really good sign of, of an artist. Yeah, he seems like a good dude. Most people in that band seem really nice. And when I was picking Slipknot, that was a really easy one where while there's loads by them, I could pick one song straight away, which Eyeless by Slipknot okay. is brilliantly heavy and yes. easy. And I come down the stairs today and I said to Rebecca, what's your favourite Slipknot song? She said the same one. Nice. And I was like, that's why we're getting married, Pet World. And uh, I know what will happen with first dance too now. Oh, I, I cannot wait. Human pyramids and throwing down a plenty. Uh, so Slipknot Eyeless was one. Glassjaw are one of my favourite heavy bands. I think Daryl Palumbo is a legit genius and a wonderful, beautiful man. And Tip Your Bartender by Glassjaw 
which is if I was a wrestler, sorry, when I become a professional wrestler, that will be my entrance music. Nice. Um, it's what I think about when I go to sleep at night and what me, I wouldn't probably name me finishing move after one of their songs. Also, Babe by Glassjaw is heavy and very good. But Glassjaw are a great band. Is that one that you've listened to much? Yeah, so like, uh, Tippy Bartender, I yeah. know quite well. Again, it's one that I don't know a lot else by them because it's the sort of thing that came around at a time when I would watch things like Kerrang! and Scuzz. So you only really knew the singles that yeah. had music videos and that were big and everything else kind of... And then, yeah, you had to go to a physical shop and buy a CD. And they had some nice videos as well. And then for a great singer, Daryl Palumbo's work in Head Automatica. He is... A I f- like Head Automatica. Of course you do. Because <laughs> the production on that's yes. great. So the first one when it's uh, Daniel Mayer, first one so well produced and really almost like disco like it's proper like dance yeah. tracks. And then the second album where Daryl Palumbo just went right through away pop songs. I think the second Head Automatica album is phenomenal. But Daryl Palumbo is a proper musical genius. And the songs that they done later on like in stayed a really strong band. I'm infuriated because I'm gigging the same night that they're playing over here. But I've seen them live loads. Um, yeah. I once seen them live in Wales after a night out that was very heavy and I did lots of things that I shouldn't have done and I was in absolute state the next day and I remember being at the gig in Wales and I just I couldn't function I could feel <laughs> my body shutting down but like managed to get through the whole gig got outside with my mates and they went out clubbing after and I was like oh, I just need to go back to the hotel I'm gonna go to bed it was now. the worst hangover I have ever had I remember just getting back and being sick but made it through a full glass row gig because they were great. Couldn't mosh because my body was shutting down. We just having to stand very still at the back, just like, nobody touched me. Yeah, I think that's where I got my love of standing at the back from gigs because I was like, well, the, this wall. This I can is be actually on. great. I'll get out of everyone's way through being tall now, so this is ideal. Drinking water and pretending it's vodka. Yeah, obviously. You've got to still look cool, haven't yeah. you? I think it could still smoke indoors then. I couldn't even do that. I was so ill. I was like, how am I going to look cool? But yeah, Glass Short and me are one of the quintessential heavy bands that are really like because again they come out with that new metal era like the Deftones did who we talked about earlier but just Stand Up was a good band and there's so many I could have picked and then I went back so in terms of modern ones actually because there's some so bands like Alexis on Fire could have picked loads by them but again I preferred them when they started going more punk later on can we just establish the name because I've had many arguments about what their name is right it's Alexis on Fire yes not Alex is on fire. Correct. And I, the first time I seen him, because I only seen it written down, thought it was Alex is on fire. But it's, there's a definitive answer. It's Alexis on fire because they're named after a performance artist who does stuff with fire, uh, like a fire performer, and her name is Alexis. Did not know that. So that's why there's fun a fact. definitive answer and we'll provide at least one fun fact per episode. That's me only one about Alexis on fire. And for good singers, Dallas Green from Alexis on fire uh, is his City in Colour stuff. Yes, um, like I, I really liked Alexis on Fire and great band. Yeah, production wise as well is really interesting because it goes from I now Watch Out used to be my favorite album, but listening back, I hasn't dated as well as what I'd hoped. Yeah, but it's all very good and yeah, Dallas Green's like solo stuff. He's got an incredible voice. Uh, it's what Rebecca refers to as whiny white boy music. Though, she it will is not yes and. I mean, we talked about that last time about this this influx of just like boys in cardigans, and I think there is obviously there is a crossover of whiny white boys in metal as well. Yeah, because and they all sort of country bands, or didn't they? Like Dallas Green did. 
once he did it, loads of them then started doing it. From like heavy bands. So people like um uh Blow from Hot Water Music did much, much better. And there's other people who then started doing stuff. Yeah. So that was really interesting to see. Chuck Reagan, that's who I'm trying to think of. Oh, uh, okay. And he I'm sure he toured with Dallas Green. But the fact it's called City in Colour and it was all that like his tattoo style designs. Again, at the time, I thought, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, oh my God, have you heard? I mean, it's the sort of thing I'd put on if I brought Lass home, and I'm not proud of that. And would you do the whole, like, oh, you probably haven't heard of these, because they're really unknown. I don't think I was that much of a dick. Because I've been on a lot of dates with men who would say that. Yeah, they, I've never I've never been the sort, if, like, you were wearing a band T-shirt. I mean, I think it's because my sister's three years younger than us, and I know she wore band T-shirts that I would buy, where she didn't know all the songs, but she liked the band. That was enough for me. So I would never belittle someone by going, oh, what's your favourite song? Because that's rubbish. I did once convince someone, no, because I didn't like them. And it was a boy, so it's fine. He was wearing a Ramones t-shirt that he'd bought from H&M, and he didn't like the Ramones. So I spent two hours at a party convincing him it was actually pronounced the Ram Ones. Excellent work. And he thought by the end it was pronounced the Ram Ones. That is brilliant. I like that a lot. Also substituting the Ramones, both work equally well. Um, But that was a lot of fun. Um, and when we come to punk, they're a band that we're going to talk about oh, again. Oh, for ages, yeah. But Lex Sunfire, modern bands, Norma Jean, I don't know if you've heard much of. I don't really know them that well, no. But they encapsulate that era of um, just sort of like really hardcore music bands. I could say The Chariot's really good, Josh Scogan did a lot of really good music. So they were somebody who I used to listen to a lot. And then I went back, so bands like Pantera... I would have probably put in if he wasn't a racist. That's the problem. This is the issue. Yeah, but there's loads. When I was thinking yeah. of Pantera songs as well, I just kept thinking, like, these are all iconic. I was picturing them from Night Out. It brings us straight back. But unfortunately, is a racist. So none of him. Uh, Judas Priest. Oh, I forever love Judas Priest. And because of the iconicness. I think you told me, actually, which I didn't even realise till recently, how his fashion... And bringing that in, he brought that into heavy metal fashion. So a yes. lot of the bondage look and what he brought from sort of S and M culture into heavy metal—that's phenomenal. That, that it's it's such an underknown. I think I think Judas Priest are a really underrated band. Yeah. I think people kind of lump them in with Metallica and they they kind of old. They kind of have that kind of swagger, and it's like actually they they're not. And there's a lot of like breaking the law. I really like. Iconic. It's just a great song. And yes, this whole idea that before Judas Priest, the look of metal was t-shirts and jeans. And then Rob Halford went, well, gay clubs have much better style. So let's take some leather. Let's take some chains. And just look at them now. You just, it's fantastic. It is such a good aesthetic. And Breaking the Law is like a really good example. And it's a gateway one. So again, that would have been on one of my dad's CDs. That I would have went, oh, this is really interesting. And was on the Beavis and Butthead game on the Commodore 64. It was just blowing away. Oh, no, it may be in the Amiga because it was like, yeah, on the Amiga. But I remember like a really computerized version of that. So when I hear Breaking the Law, I think of the Beavis and Butthead game. I mean, you, you've lost me at a Commodore 64 because, no offence, but I don't know what that is. That's why I brought it back to Omega and then saw the same blank <laughs> look. I don't know what that is. What are we, it, it's like, um, do you remember Nintendos? I do. I had a Game Boy. Yeah, so it was precursor to Game Boy. Right. So mid-90s and then the Sega Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo, well, the regular Nintendo and Sega Master System. This isn't the podcast for that. 
I am not the person to talk to that about video be, games. Oh, I'm just trying to think of gamer puns now. That could be Geordie, but I'm not going to do that because that could take a while. So, other songs. I also picked from that era, uh, Motorhead. So I wouldn't necessarily class these as a metal band. and wouldn't have picked them if, if I've only got three choices. But Motorhead are so influential that everything I like after that the heavy and fast and chaotic but again bluesy like Sabathor and I wouldn't like half the music I liked or the music I like wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for Motorhead and I would have quite liked to have picked them but I don't class them enough as a metal band I mean they play I've seen them at download yeah and I always found it funny oh no it was not it was Sonosphere Festival the weird one that no one's heard of they played Ace of Spades to open yeah and then they played it at the end because obviously what else are you going to end with You've got to. You have to. It's like, you know, Chesney Hawks, right? Me mate's seen Chesney Hawks live. God, I never thought we'd be talking about Chesney Hawks. I have not seen Chesney I've never seen Chesney Hawks live. So. You know Chesney Hawks But I know who he is, yeah. Yeah, he plays uh, I Am The One And Only yeah. three times in a set. Beginning, middle and end, obviously. I mean, you just have, yeah. Because you'd be for. disappointed, wouldn't you? Aye. Right? You've got to make sure, like, what if you got in the toilet, you're going to miss that song. Yeah. So he's very thoughtful. He just missed out <laughs> on the top ten. I also picked that Slayer would have been close. Uh, Napalm Death, which is another band from the Midlands. Oh, are they? Yeah. They, um, I'm sure they're from... Bir- I feel fairly certain they're from Birmingham. I'm sure they're definitely from the Midlands. That's interesting. I just assumed they were American. That's, oh, that is fascinating. Because I mean, Napalm is a very... I mean, maybe it's just what, it's Apocalypse Now, isn't yeah. it? That's, uh, oh, right, it must be American. That's fair enough, but no, they are uh, they're British. Because they used to be... Jamie Theakston and Zoe Ball used to have a Channel 4... 6pm show and they used to pop up on that quite regularly and the ones that is not a combo that you expect I'll throw in something else that's really British they recreated the opening scene of Jim will fix it where he got some scouts on a roller coaster with like milkshakes splashing in the face and Napalm Death recreated that by going on a roller coaster on that show and now I'm describing it this feels like a dream I might have had I'm, this sounds I mean you know this was, what was this the 90s you know yeah anything, anything, 2000 anything anything could have happened then. We'll find out. I'm fairly certain this happened, but I'm also not 100% certain I haven't dreamt it. It's fine. We'll work that out. But those would have been... I think those were me honourable mentions and the ones I got close. But like you, I could have gone on for ages. And it was also really hard defining, right, what am I picking? Because it's stuff I would class as metal and in that ballpark, but didn't want to put in because I needed things that were iconically yeah. metal. And it was also hard just not just picking things that you really, really like. Because some of those aren't as good as a band. Yeah. It was difficult all round. I found that one down to just three. I think this was probably one of the most difficult sessions that we've done. Cause, and this is it. When you're a fan of music, there's just so much that you love and want to... And I, had, I found it really hard to not put in things that I've just recently got into because it's like what I'm listening to at the moment. Yeah. And putting things in, so there's reasons why you can put things in. So things that you went to recently because you don't feel like they've had enough time to work their way up the list. And wrong-ins. So again, yeah. Phil Anselmo and others just being like, yeah, 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 we're not getting in. Five, fin- five Finger Death Punch would be on my list. They're one of my favourite bands. They're but- on one of my playlists this week. They've released so a couple of new songs, so they keep popping up on like yeah. the release radar and stuff. And, but yeah, we'll get into that later because 
Yeah, we'll get into that with a proper journalistic episode and we'll use yeah. your journalistic skill rather than just doing like your top ten problematic people and songs. <laughs> well, I mean, we could... Ah, let's just do that. Well, there's more it. than ten though, isn't there? Ah, How would we is. narrow it down? Isn't it just sad? What we should do as well, you know how, because you're more professional than me, Ellie, so we should do that thing where we're like, hey guys, if you want to let us know your favourite metal songs, then tweet us at the Twitter address that I've not set up yet. Do you reckon Mosh Pet's free? It will be, won't it? We'll have a look, yeah. I t- tweet Mosh-, Mosh Pet, and if not, Larry, that might just be some goth woman in Newcastle, and she's just now getting loads of tweets tagged in I with people letting that. them know her metal songs, so I either tweet her <laughs> or... And she'll let us know. Yeah. I reckon she's called Julie. And I reckon she used to work at Katmandu in Newcastle. That too. So, Julie, if you're listening, show <laughs> Going back to the old like local radio, it is. So, Julie, if you're listening, then give us a call. Oh, it'll be class that, because then she could be like, Hello, guys, it's me, Julie. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Can we do some radio tropes, but more oh, yeah, metal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've done right. What was nice, I just want to point out for people listening, we had a chat before we started recording this, and I said, I have a horrible habit of derailing things, but you're more professional, please keep it on track. We've very much done that, and I'm in charge of editing, and I'm leaving every single word of this in. And he pull it out, pull it back together, try and round out the episode. Well, we've heard, we've heard your top three. If you've got any suggestions for top metal songs, then let us know. That was tip-top radio skills. And then, do you want to do your, your traditional sign-off, Ellie? Lovely radio skills. I've already forgotten what it was. <laughs> I'm a horrible influence. Uh. You've been listening to Mosh Pet. Till next time, keep on moshing. Keep on moshing.